Hello, I'm Floyd Miller, the host of It's Everything West Texas, and I mean everything. Some of our topics are going to make you laugh, and some will make you cry. I guarantee you all of them will make you think. It is the podcast that highlights people and issues in West Texas. As a neighbor, we want to talk with you. The goal is not necessarily to get agreement, but it is about understanding. Subscribe today and never miss another podcast. Hello, my name is Floyd Miller, and I am the host of It's Everything West Texas. And today we are bringing you a very interesting program. In the background, as we enter into the Christmas season, you can hear Silent Night. We are in the studios of KVVO 94.1 FM, Abilene's one and only black radio station. And today I am going to be talking with Mr. Henry Flint, uh, the founder or the individual uh, that's most responsible for this station. So in just a minute, I'll be coming back and we're going to be talking with Mr. Flint. Today, this program is being brought to you by the West Texas Tribune, Real News, Local News, and WestTexasTribune.org, and Floyd Miller Investments, helping individuals make wise money decisions. For more information, call 325-676-0138. Welcome to the program, Mr. Flint. Well, thanks for having us, Mr. Floyd. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like you having me today. I'm actually <laughs> in your studio, and it's a it's a blessing to be here, Henry. It it, it really is. Uh, first of all, I want to just extend my sympathy on behalf of me and my family. I appreciate uh, that. To you and your family, the loss of your loss of your brother. Thank you. And um, I guess, Henry, first of all, if, I'd like for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then maybe we're going to talk about the radio station and things like that. Well, there ain't much to tell from the same. Um, where do you want to start from? I'm born and raised in Columbus, Georgia. <clears throat> I uh, went to Spencer High School in Columbus, Georgia <clears throat> during that time that uh, we lived, lived in the Jim Crow South system. And uh, I went to jail for playing basketball on the white screw ground. I was eighth grade. I came on off leave in '71. I went to jail for watching a fire. So went to jail for what? Watching a fire. Yeah, now did you did you start the fire? I was watching the fire. Oh, okay, right. I mean, I just well, to be clear was, on it. What happened was that uh, I was a firefighter, uh-huh. and they had been riding me. When I seen the. Uh, when I seen the uh, firefighters, they missed the hydrant, and they hand jacked the hose back to the the hydrant. So, not being a firefighter, I knew that. So I started laughing. Mm-hmm. And so, when all the police officers got got up there, I said, "I want that boy in the red shirt." That's what boy you talking about? Well, they threw me in the paddock. My brother, and late brother Homer Flint, he said, "What you going? Uh, what are you arresting my brother for?" They kicked him in the bus. And said, you come or go too, nigga. 
Oh wow! Yeah. So, so what came up? That was just standard. That's why I don't get too involved in all this racist stuff. They, they people had no idea what racism is. We lived it every day of our life. We lived it, and that's where it was. You accepted that. That's what. That was it. Wow. So, how did you get to Abilene, Texas? The United States Air Force. Okay. And I camped in 1973, I believe, from way up Big Spring. I was stationed out Big Spring. Oh, okay. I came up here, and uh, I relished up here. And I, uh, that's how I got here. Oh, okay. Well, I, I got here about, a, I guess, a year before you. I came in at 72, so. Well, I, well, well, I was down in Big Spring in 72. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, that's why I was... Uh, when they when I went to court and all, and I told the judge what happened, and then they uh, asked me to have the proof. And I said they're downstairs, and they didn't call them up. So I told my mom that I'm going to Texas because I I was going to throw some five bombs to them. Uh, that kind of radical. I went slave then, didn't nothing about Jesus. Mm. And I came to Texas because I was going to throw five bombs in Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> well, maybe it's probably a good thing that you left. Oh yeah, I knew it. Yeah. God has his hand on me. I, even before I knew Jesus, he had he had his hand on me. It's just remarkable what God has done. So after the, how long were you in the Air Force? Eight years. Eight years. So after, after you got out of the Air Force, what did you do? Well, I kind of bombed around and and um, I I started working for a John Terrell service, and then uh, I had a desire to have my own company. And that's what got started in the service incorporated. And what 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 all did you do? I do remember back in the day, I mean, Henry Flint, Henry Services was a uh, a big name out here. I think you were doing some things that um, other African Americans was not doing in that space. I think you had some contract with Dyes. Yeah, um, Dyes Grand Fork, uh, Elton Air Force in Houston, Texas. Uh, at Dyes, we had seven different contracts. We was uh, janitorial service, postal service, uh, transit alert, which actually took care of the airplanes. When the space shuttle came, when the space shuttle was flying and they landed in Florida, and this Dyes was the uh, refueling stop. They had arrested the you know, flew them back to 747. Right. And uh, it was our job. To, we He landed. Our job to land him and launch him back out. That's what we did. Ten years, that's what I was doing. Wow. Yeah. So, and we also did uh, come sales, chef stocking, and uh, a lifeguard service. Anything I, I think I can bid on and do, we did. Lord bless when we had different, seven different contracts at one time. So you you must have been pretty sharp with a pencil to, to get all those contracts. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a really it was a God man. It was a God thing. It's just that uh, I, I I researched. I asked questions, a lot of questions, and Mr. Bloom and Captain Bloom told me that uh, as long as you got people to know what they're doing, you can bid the contract. And I found out and I started bidding. But uh, just kind of talking about that now. I mean. I understand there are millions of dollars worth of contracts out there at Dias uh, Air Force Base today. So if there was a young man or young woman, when I say young, I mean, the old man or the old woman, I guess, but if they, if they wanted to um, 
do contracting with the with the base. What would you recommend? What would be some of the things today? I know it's been a while since you. Yeah, did. well, That's what what I've done, really, you can't. It, it cannot be duplicated today because, like, they have put in so much restriction requirements on people. Um, they didn't. They didn't believe in. They really don't believe in low bid anymore. It's everything that it's who you know. That's just the truth. See, well, they asked me how could I bid so cheap. Well, I was a working contractor. I didn't bid and just go home. I bid and I went to work. All my contracts, I worked. I was involved in every country. I've had seven contracts. I was involved in every one of them. Okay, so I was hands on. So you weren't sitting in an ivory tower somewhere? No. no. My first major, uh, when I got Dad's commissary contract, <clears throat> I slept in my truck because I didn't know what to do and I would lose so much money. But all I know, knew that uh, if I'm getting out, if I'm what, $48,000 a month, man, I got to figure out how to keep some of this money. So I, I learned a job. I learned the job. I lived on the job. I watched everything they done. So, if, so if I'm hearing you right, you got these contracts, and then you did a lot of on-the-job training. Uh -huh. I had people to do the job, but I had to find out how the job worked. Once I found out how the job worked, then I can work a lot more efficiently. You can tell me something now, but, you know, five months from now, if it's not true, I'm going to know about it, and then we're going to change it. My whole thing we can work smarter, not harder. So where do, where do you think that desire came from to be an entrepreneur? Well, when I worked for, for <laughs> I was a firefighter, GS4, working civil service, the guy paid me $1,000 a month to run a contract, to run it, not to work it, just run it. That's pretty good answer. It's in there, right there, brother. Uh-huh. So you died well. It's... He gave me a thousand dollars just to run it. What what is he making? Right. Yeah. Right. So you would say it's it probably got a difficult to do those same kind of contracts because of restrictions and well what what they have done, they really uh I think they, they they begin to block people out. Uh, for instance, uh, you got people, me personal, uh, they got what you call uh, uh, the post service contract. That, I didn't make no money on that. I, I paid myself. I think that uh, about twenty five dollars a month. I got the three thousand a month top price. Well, when they turned over to what you call uh, they call it uh, eight eight contract. Now they call it another name. I forgot the other name they call it. They give it to the to the special people. Eight eight. Love it up there. They'll find a contractor. And when they took 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 me out of the post office and gave it to the handicapped people, handicapped, I forgot what you got handicapped. So they were spending $7,000 a month, the job I was doing, $3,000 a month for. I was doing it by myself. And most of the time, I just sit there and slept. Wow. Now they're paying over $7,000 a month for that contract, and probably more than that. Um, well, so they, what they don't understand me, why could I work so cheap? Well, I'm smart. If I got six contracts and I make $2,000 a month off each contract, man, that's a lot of money to me. Right. <laughs> a lot of money. I have my name on the, on the contract. That's my philosophy. So instead of uh, making $12,000 a month per contract, if you if you could combine all of those yes, sir. and and make $12,000, you thought that was pretty good living. It's outstanding, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so, and all of it was signing contracts. Well, 
Uh, hear me a little bit about uh, faith. I know, I know you're a man of faith. Like matter of fact, that's what your cap says today. But I know, yeah. <laughs> I know for years I've seen you um, wearing a cap or, or something that kind of expresses uh, Jesus. Yeah, express Jesus, and you, you you said that that definitely wasn't the case when you were down in Columbus, Georgia. You I wasn't ready, saved then. You I wasn't saved. Burn that place yeah, down. I, so, I didn't know nothing about Jesus then. I was, I was just like anybody else. So, so what happened along the way? I got saved. I got saved. I, I, I got saved. Once I got saved, then everything changes for me. Was it? Um, what turned you in that direction? I mean, why? Well, a guy named Lindsey Paul, you might know Lindsey Paul, Simon Paul, had a fish market. Yeah. Well, I was talking one day, something. I said, you need to be saved. And I, Simon, I was friend. I said, man, the guy trying to be saved. You need to be saved. You do need to be saved. And man, I, that was it. I was just, I had nowhere to run. Martha and Vandell, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Oh, okay. The hounds of heaven's on my case. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hounds of heaven's on my case. Well, Tell me a little bit about the the radio station. How did um, how did you get in the? Well, when I went, to, I, when I made, you know, well, I paid myself thirty five thousand a month in my heyday. I couldn't buy a station. Couldn't buy one. I got broke all in a while. God gave me one. I got a phone call one day. We had to, took a contract up up to a good fellow. We grabbed a thousand miles a week to go to work. My wife and I. And that was tough. And uh, they called me and said, Pastor, how you like that radio station? That's the way it came out. They called me, set the meet up, and I sent Crystal to the meeting. <clears throat> and we competed with, 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 I don't know what, two colleges were, compete, were, were competing with the station. Two colleges? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, first of all, Crystal had seen me, okay? Crystal had seen me on the radio in the spirit. I was having a good time. She's seen it in the spirit before I got it. Before we got the radio station, I was having a good time. When it came up, we got chosen and we went from there. And what what do you uh, feel like this station brings to the community? I don't know what it brings to the community. <laughs> I can't say that. But you, I'm going to just read this. This, this, this will keep me going. You can read aloud. You want the brother? Okay, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to. That's what one of the inmates. Okay, this is uh, Mr. Flint just handed me something that one of the inmates wrote, and I'm going to read this, and maybe this tells part of the story why this station needs to be here. It says, "Doing more with less is better than the rest." Ninety-four point one Black Gospel. Some people don't have a lot, and yet still they are blessed. They use what they have, and they do more with that less. You don't have to have a lot. You've been faithful with the less. Your faithfulness with the less has caused you to pass the test. So by you using all you have, you do more which is no longer less. That is why the Lord have blessed 94.1 to be better than all the rest. Three years anniversary, October 
2019, October 2022. A low power station doing more with less. Says thank you, Pastor Henry Flint, Pastor Crystal Key, and Sister Jennifer. And I guess that would be Sister Jennifer Langford, right? right? Amen. That's what kicked me going. And these guys wrote me, took uh, took four cards this year to thank me when I went out. The Lord blessed me and go out to the prison and God really moved me in the spirit out there. And it took them four cards to send me there about wanting to sign the card. That's what kept me going, Miss Miller. French Robson. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And that's, I mean, it, it's, it's great music. When I'm, when I'm in the car riding around, most of the time I'm on uh, 94.1. It's, it's, it's very good. Now, I, I know that you've had a lot of challenges yourself within the last <laughs> few years, uh, I think. COVID visited you like it's visited a lot of other people, but you, you're still here standing. I know you've, um, you're on dialysis, and I've heard you talk about that a little bit. And so would you talk about that to our audience, kind of what that's? Well, well what, what, uh, I'm always running my mouth about things, and, um, and I said I would never live just living on a machine. That's what I said. Uh, like I told Pastor King, my daughter here, when I first got the station, I told her I'm going to play this junk. I referring to the as the prophecy as junk. And I'm, she was crying, and she's daddy God told me not to play prophecy, playing podcasts. So I'm playing prophecy and podcasts now. I said in 2019 I wasn't going to do that when I got the station. But God changed everything. So <clears throat> who am I to say that when God started to heal me with dialysis, who am I to say different? I had to do a lot of repent. I had to do a lot of soul searching about things that I ran my mouth about, didn't talk to God about. And so, because I'm on Dallas, I get a chance to meet people I never was met nowhere in my life before. The nurses and all, and, and the fellowship I have with people out there. I don't like the Dallas's role. Uh, my brother, Homer Flint, was on Dallas for many, many years. If I can get him out of the grave, I apologize to him. I said, man, you need to get off that couch. But on days of Dallas, I come in, man, I came to come to the station. I just come on and crashed. I went to Dallas yesterday on Thanksgiving, came on and kind of crashed. So it, it's been a, a, a journey on a lot of reasons. Uh, when I was had a COVID, I, I told God to come get me. I wanted to die. And I was mad with God. And I threw the towel and he threw it back at me. So I mean, so I had some, some her good friend called me every day and just kind of chewed me out. I she finished, I hanged the phone up. I told him I'm ready to go home. I don't want to come home. I want to go home. I don't want to go. I don't want to deal with this no more. But God knows best. It's so old news. Father knows best. God knows best. Yeah. And I think all the thing I would have missed if I God would listen to me, I wouldn't even see my grandson get baptized in church. Yeah, I wouldn't have seen the progress, the things he ever got accomplished. I wouldn't have seen. And I, I wouldn't have seen my brother there. I, he wouldn't have got a chance to move in with me and made his life better toward the end because he's agreed to move in with my family. A lot of things I wouldn't, wouldn't have seen. So, And whatever God decided to do, like I said, I'm, I'm believing God's still going to heal me. I believe in healing. I believe next year thing will be a lot different. But if it doesn't be, then, then it's still well. Still well. I appreciate the family. Uh, God gave me God gave me a message a long time ago. And the message was, it's not biological, it's bloodlock. These two dogs I got left here, they are, they're not biological, they're blood like that. They threw the blood of Jesus. 
God gave him the message to preach. He gave him two great dollars that biological. They're not bound, they're blood logical. Through the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. They make me look good all the time. Even <laughs> when I'm looking bad. <laughs> they, well, they prop me up. <laughs> I tell you that uh, that grandson, Sebastian. Oh, yeah, Sebastian, they're king. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's stepping up. He's uh, one of the young scholars for the for the newspaper, and I'm just, uh, I'm just thrilled with him and uh, the other young people that, that know Amen. Live. See, the thing is that all my life, that uh, what God allowed me to do, it just been. I come to the radio station after four years. I still can't believe we have this. I come like I just tear up sometimes. I could see angels in the station with me. That's why I talk to the angels. I know they're here. This is this thing is so anointed in here. It is so powerful. It, it's just unreal. The information sometimes I get, I put my headphones on. How this this thing just show up music and all. I can hear things. I can detect things in the name of Jesus. What what is it that uh, the radio station needs, or do you have a vision for the? Future of it. Well, I really have a vision of you, but I tell you what God has said through this this child here. God said, either station will be born on another station. Out of this station will be born another station. Yeah. All right. That's what God said. All right. I just said what God said, and I said, I can leave it alone. Down the joy, we said, we just leave that alone. But God said that, so that. Well, yeah. But I said, and it didn't matter. He said it, I believe it. Right, right, yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you, we kind of getting close to the, I guess, the end of our interview. Is there, is there anything you want to say that we have not talked about? All I can say, I'm just thankful for God to so much. That what God take a little poor boy from Columbus, Georgia, and the thing he allowed me to do has been unreal. It really has been unreal. I mean, what would be fire protection? So, um, let me, yeah, let me, I got to get this in here. We went to come here one one day, on the way to Georgia, something, not Georgia, somewhere we're going, and about some supplies. And God brought some things back to my memory. In, 20, in 1971, when I stationed uh, WFS Base, Big Spring, Texas, Web, Big, uh, Web, yeah, Big Spring, Texas, and I was a firefighter, and I had my big throw out of there, Eric, and, I really wasn't very stupid. And some of the firefighters flew in helicopters. Well, when they flew in helicopters, they came over the station when the runway closed, and they got a chance to go home. I said, well, why, that? why I can't go home? <clears throat> that, why they can't grab my truck? And they said, well, yeah. So they let them. They, sometimes, they, they, most times, they went home. So I got mad, and I said, so when, when the runway closed, fuck, son, I was off duty in my thinking. I'm grabbing the, the big crack trail, seven hours gathering water and all this stuff, runway clothes. Why am I here? And so I should go home. At midnight, I called my wife at the time, Jack Flint. I Jack cooked some chicken, I'd be home. I go home at midnight and I come back at five in the morning. Now that's AWOL. How stupid it is. Well, one day I heard the voice of God. I wouldn't say I cursed worse myself. I heard, do not go home tonight. I didn't go home. So about two o'clock in the morning, Chief Bow kicked my bed and I cursed my eye to whoop him. That's how stupid I was. He said, Sergeant Flint, you got off base five, out of town, this show, let's go now. Think about that. 
because I listen to the voice of God. This radio station here. If I want to pay attention, I've been kicked out of the Air Force, been AWOL. I listen to the voice of God. Hey, the clear voice, do not go home tonight. Two o'clock in the morning, chief kicked kick my bed. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty good while. He reminded me of things like that. I was in basic training, and um, stupid stuff you did, you young. And my <clears throat> the dumb chief guy, he's in charge of it. He gave me a hard time. I said, he's a big boy. He's a man, he's a boy. When we get that base screen, I'm going to hook you, but I'm going to get you. Well, when we got through base screen, I grabbed my bag, and I chased him all the way to the commander's office, cursing and kicking him. They put me in jail. They should have kicked me out of the Air Force, but God had his hand on me. Can you imagine that? That yeah. Because of God. He had his hand on me. They put me in jail for 30 days. <clears throat> I stayed in season for two weeks, and that's all I needed, two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some need to change. Oh yeah, well yeah. yeah. So that's why I know God has His hands on people. I mean, if you pay attention, you, you everybody gets signs. You don't care what direction you're going, He'll stop you if you like. See, I, I, I always say this that Pastor King there talk about all the time now that uh, God said my DNA is every human being. I don't care the worst human being in the world, the worst murder in the world. God DNA is in it, and His DNA was in me. And one day, the DNA got activated. Got activated, I paid attention. Well, that's good. I'm glad you paid attention. I am too. Glad you paid attention. It's Everything West Texas is a production of KACU and is sponsored by the West Texas Tribune and Floyd Miller Investments. Securities and investment advisory services offered through FSC Securities Corporation, member FINRA SIPC. FSC is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products or services referenced here are independent of FSC. Floyd Miller can be reached at 3300 South 14th Street, Suite 100 in Abilene, Texas, 325-676-0138. I'm Floyd Miller, your host. Subscribe today.